The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We're glad to have you with us today and we're going to be talking today on the topic of agreements. Do you guys all agree that's a good topic? I agree. You agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Al, what do you think? I think it was a terrible metaphor and pun. Well, thank you. You're always <laughs> Does anybody agree with that? You're, you're, you're a good supporter. We, uh, <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> I got a lot of ways I could go with that, yeah, uh, Sam, but I I'm agree. not going to. Back to the topic. We're going to talk about agreements. And I know so there's been times that we've talked about this, but we, we've not really ever done a full show, I believe, on the topic. And so this week we're going to really talk about the agreements that come on the backside of wounds. We've been, we've been talking about the topic for last week and this week, and again we'll do next week on spiritual healing. And really some of the, the pieces of that, the things that have to be broken that Jesus needs to enter into, and then what the freedom is on the backside of that. And so this week we're talking a little bit about the agreement that comes on the backside of the wound. Now, Robbie, if I say that to somebody, how can you help them understand that there's an agreement that often comes on the backside of the wound. Well, last week we used the clip from Lion King, which is kind of a classic way you hear Scar twisting that in Simba's mind and actually giving him, feeding him a lie that Simba doesn't realize, you know, that his father would be alive if it wasn't for you. And so once Simba takes the bait, which that's a lie, now he's made an agreement actually with his enemy, in this case, you know, a portrayal of Satan, who's our enemy who's whispering lies to us all the time, once we have made that agreement with Satan, we've now entered into that line. We've given Satan power over our life in that particular area and through that foothold of that lie that he now has taken you captive. Exactly. It, it's something that is just so quick sometimes right on the backside of the wound that you don't even recognize it. I know we've talked a little bit about it. We'll probably share some of our stories today as well. But I'm going to play a clip that doesn't sound like it has anything to do with the topic, but I promise you it will when we get to the end of the show. But this is from the movie, I can't remember what it is. This means war. This means, yeah. I couldn't, read, I couldn't read my own writing. That's what it means. <laughs> it means war, Sam. This means war. And I have to say, I've never seen the movie. I've actually seen the scene. I don't know why I've seen the scene, but I've never seen the movie. And it's about the topic, it sounds like it's beginning, of how Plato came to be in existence. And let's listen to it, but listen to the words at the very end of the clip. See your sound. I uh, got you a gift. Thanks. Thanks for not rushing me. This is only uh, half the gift. Yeah? It, it, it doesn't work without the story. Okay. This stuff was invented by this man in central Ohio as uh, white goo, and he used it to um, remove soot off of wallpaper from old-fashioned heating. Mm -hmm. So as gas and electric heating came in, there was uh, no longer a need for the, for the cleaning goo. Um, so, you know, the guy was going under. 
but his uh, sister-in-law, who's a nursery school teacher. Now, is this a true story? The man's name was Joe McVicker. His sister-in-law was Kay Zufall. Okay, I believe you. So Kay Zufall discovered that her little kids liked squeezing the goo a lot more than hard modeling clay. So she suggested to her brother-in-law, Joe, that they color the stuff and call it Play-Doh. Hey. Nice. So. I have kept this for a long time as proof that we're all just one small adjustment away from making our lives work. So one small adjustment, and sometimes that is a small adjustment that's been really holding you back. Yeah, it's real tender, and it's and it's there on the backside of a wound. Like you say, I think about you know my attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my girlfriend had cheated on me with my best friend, and so you know, as a sixteen-year-old trying to figure all that out, I decide, ooh, I need to kill myself. Which that in itself had all sorts of issues, but the agreement that I made there was that I'm unlovable. And, and that gave Satan a foothold, you know, into all sorts of ways that he spun that lie um, to take away a part of Robbie Dilmore that, that, you know, I, that one adjustment, getting rid of that agreement, you know, makes a big difference in even my relationship with my children and my wife. Absolutely. It's a great example. Vinny, I'm going to ask you about an example when you were kind of growing up way back when, <laughs> when you were growing up. <laughs> before the flood. Before yeah. the flood. Yeah, that's it. Noah was a young man. We, uh, it, it's, funny, it, it's funny. In them days, I had no hair, and now I got no hair again. <laughs> but, okay, go ahead. Yeah, but when, when you were coming up in your upbringing, you had this vision of God right. that somewhere along the way changed and became a huge difference in your life. Right. When I was... Uh, young boy you know in the hand of my mother or grandmother going to church you know god is god uh very seldom you spoke about god being jesus or anything it was god and i grew up going to church and i thought god was this statue that we had to pass by and kneel and do the sign of the cross i thought that's who god was and we became buddies, you know. When church wasn't, you know, wasn't Sunday, I would go in there, and I would actually sit down and play with him, and talk to him. Uh, I come to find out late in life who God really is, was, and is, and will always be. He's for real. And he's in every one of our hearts, and all he is is for us to believe in him and bring our problems to him in a truthful way. And he will help you resolve what may be your problem that day, night, or every day. Absolutely. You know, uh, he's there all the time. So now when I go into church and I see a statue, I say, excuse me, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I'm sure it did change the way you prayed. Of course it did. 
uh, because I was paying to, well, of course, you know, you learn from the Bible the story, and he was for real. Uh, and when I talked to him, especially at nighttime, when I talked to him, I'm telling you, fellas, uh, he's in that bed with us, you know, with me and my wife, and that's the best time I love to pray. I, I can't see, but the room is dark, and I just know that his presence is there, and he's listening to every word that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I do wake up in the morning, honestly and truthfully, feeling a lot better than when I went to bed that night. So in, in his way, you know, whether it's daytime, whether you can see or you can't see, he is l- listening. Mm-hmm. All he needs is for you to ask. Absolutely. I, I, your story is a little different. There wasn't necessarily a wound, but there was still an agreement that was made there. Satan yeah. whispered to you along the way you didn't even know it as a young kid that yeah. God is a statue. Yeah. Right? And so that kind of changes how you look at that relationship for many, many years. Right. Right. Now, but most of the time when we are wounded, there's an agreement right on the backside of that. There's something that comes in. Now, Satan is called a couple things in Scripture, Al, that kind of talks about this. He's called the accuser of the brethren and the father of lies, correct? Oh, talking about the enemy? Yes. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and let's just keep this broken down. Something. Think about something bad happening in your life, and the enemy, Satan, comes in and he whispers a lie, and you make an agreement that it's true. For instance, whenever something bad happened in the house, for me, nobody really cares about me. They don't take any take me into consideration. Well, that would bring up my wrath. That would bring up my anger. But more than anything, it brought up the hurt. So you make that agreement. Now, the father, the enemy is the father of lies. And the thing is, he can be so subtle. It can start as a, she doesn't care. Well, they don't care. Then nobody cares. And it, uh, over 10, 15 years, you, you know, he can turn your mind to where I never get what I want. I never am going to be happy. I'm never going to you know, achieve success. I'm always going to be miserable. And those are key words whenever you hear them. Always, never, any absolutes like that, that's the sign of an agreement. So if you hear that, that's when you have to stop and say, wait a minute, where's that coming from? And, you know, Sam, you told a great story about Eli when you were talking to him and you said, you always do this, and I'll let you respond to that. Well, I just... He, he looked at me and said, I don't always do anything. <laughs> Which was so smart. And, and I'm like, that's brilliant. You're absolutely correct. You know, you don't always do anything. And, and that's kind of the story. And that was me being the voice of the enemy to some degree, because here's this father that's supposed to love him and I do dearly. But yet I'm using words that's going to maybe wound him or maybe get him to make an agreement. I know that the enemy a lot of times won't be as bold for me as to make a statement, but ask questions. It's, it's kind of like, if she really cared, then wouldn't she this? And oh, yeah. it's kind of this nego- almost of a, not a negotiation, but this leading me in softly to it. You know, if she cared, she wouldn't have done this. Or if he cared, he wouldn't have done this. And you kind of go, well, yeah, that is kind of true. But then we continue to buy into what he's telling us. Right. And yeah. he can expand on it. I mean, he can write a whole story around one little incident and that we can write that are our agreements. I remember one of my favorite stories from John Eldridge had told, and he told it at boot camp. I'm sure he's told it. Some of the other things was he was talking about, you know, he and his wife were driving along 
the road and they're on their way somewhere to a soccer game, I think it was, they're having just a wonderful day and they hit some traffic. And she says, you know, if you just turned here, you could go down here and you could, you know, catch it and we could be on time. And he said, something in him just went, she always does that. And he said, yeah, she always does that. At least he thought it was coming from him. And pretty soon within five minutes, or five minutes, two minutes, he's ready to divorce her when they were having a great day. It's just that quickly that spirals, you know, and he really wasn't going to divorce her, but the, the anger, the feelings, and the enemy just kind of pours it on at that point. I know that, you know, for me, the agreement has been a very, very hard thing to break. And that agreement does lead to vows, which we'll talk about next week. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about agreements. We're going to get a uh, clip in from Gladiator that you may not have heard before. And a clip in from Wizard of Oz, and I know you want to know about those. And you also want to go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org to find out about the upcoming boot camp in November and to listen to past podcasts. We'll see you in just a minute. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported, and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site, and from there select Good Heart Ministries to support, and Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Sam Main here for Masculine Journey Radio Show. Our show often focuses on healing and freedom that's found through walking more intimately with the Father. I know no one wants to see a counselor, but often there are times I find myself stuck and needing a little bit more help. And that's why I turn to my friends at Seasons of the Heart. Kim and Catherine are experienced counselors that help you find healing through the Father. For more information on Seasons of the Heart, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. To the Masculine Journey, we are glad to have you back with us. We've been talking about this topic of agreements. We've been trying to dig into those a little bit deeper and help you understand what those look like. And often they come on the backside of a wound. You know, something horrible happens in your life. Sometimes unspeakable things happen in people's lives or something really minor. And the enemy is there looking for an opportunity to try to speak a lie into that or a partial truth so that you start down this road of an agreement. Now, we go pretty quickly to a clip from Gladiator. And in this clip, Robbie, if you want to set it up a little bit, but it's Maximus and uh, Commodus' sister, and they're talking a little bit. Well, yeah, he's chained up because he is a gladiator. He's a slave, and, you know, he's, he's lost his son who was murdered and his wife, um, both of them crucified, burned to death, just a horrible, horrible thing. And... It, he's kind of lost his identity, but it, it's, it's a fascinating clip to me to listen to Commodus's sister, who you might think would be the enemy, begin to call him back into what he is to maybe see the agreement he's made. And that agreement does come to light as they're talking. Yeah. My son was innocent. So is mine. Must my son die too before you'll trust me? Does it matter if I trust you or not? The gods have spared you. Don't you understand? 
Today I saw a slave become more powerful than the Emperor of Rome. The gods have spared me. I am at their mercy, with the power only to amuse a mob. That is power. The mob is Rome, and while Commodus controls them, he controls everything. Listen to me. My brother has enemies, most of all in the Senate. But while the people follow him, no one would dare stand up to him until you. They oppose him, yet they do nothing. There are some politicians who have dedicated their lives to Rome. One man above all. If I can arrange it, will you meet him? Do you not understand? I may die in the cell tonight or in the arena tomorrow. I am a slave. What possible difference can I make? This man wants what you want. Then have him kill Commodus! I knew a man once. A noble man. A man of principle who loved my father. And my father loved him. This man served Rome well. That man is gone. Your brother did his work well. And there you see, Sam, a, a, a situation where, you know, he's, he's bought the lie. I mean, he's made the agreement. But interestingly, now another person comes in in love and attempts to show him the truth. And it's, an, it, it in a way, <laughs> I'm just going to say that when you step into that role, you have now opened up Pandora's box because it may not go well for you. Right. And, and, and how you do that and praying, in the, if there's a place where I would highly recommend, because once you understand about agreements, it's easier to see the agreements in somebody else than your own agreements. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can hear them coming out of their mouth and you go, ooh, they made an agreement right there. But if you jump on that too quickly without asking for God's help and enter into that battle, A, was it a battle you were supposed to be in? And B, was did you do that? in the right way that where they would have ears to hear it because boy, before you know it, and you know this too, Sam, you can get yourself in, you know, where angels fear to tread, but nonetheless, understanding the agreement in there and wow, that person's living under this lie. How can I help them to see that without wounding them further? It's, it's a challenge. Right. Or maybe how can I enter into that as well when I don't necessarily have the authority to do that? You know, they never gave me permission, I mean, to do that. Right. And, and that's kind of hard. Us as a band of brothers, there's times it's still challenging for us, right? Even though we have talked about some difficult things, because sometimes we don't always have ears to hear. I know Al was trying to help me through an agreement and through something uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I just shut him down. You know, Big time. Big time. <laughs> and then, you know. In love. It was in love. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about this now. Yeah, <laughs> because I didn't have ears to hear. And now we right. did talk a little bit about it this last week a little bit but but again that, that's in a group that walks pretty closely together right right and we've been through some really significant things together and there's something if you're if you see an agreement in somebody you have to really get to know that person and know you can bring it up but you don't have to push and press and and make it a full court press sometimes you just have to bring it up and it, it happens over time weeks months that you address something like that I mean, even with my wife that she's had some agreements that I, you know i can touch on but there has to re be a real opening where she's willing to talk about it and the same thing for me you know there's a there's a, a way to do it and a time to do it and it's generally in love and gentleness when they know that it's not about them um doing something wrong it's that you want to see something beautiful come out of them 
Right, and and you have, are in no way providing any healing for right. this. You're just helping identify the right. issue. So they gain a knowledge of it. Jesus has to enter in. They have to invite him in to do that healing of it. And one of the things you're talking about, Al, is the never, uh, always, that type of thing. And one we've talked about before is when you hear externally, or you think you hear in your head somebody saying the word you, like I used to hear, you're an idiot. Or, it's, you, know, or you have nothing important to say, which is a bigger one that was for me. It wasn't me saying I have. It was coming in, in a different form. And right. that's not the way I take, typically speak. I don't speak in third person. That's not how I kind of do that. And so knowing to have the ears to hear, wait a minute, that's not coming from me. That's coming from somebody else. He's trying to get me to buy into this agreement. You know, I had an agreement that the only way to deal with something was yelling. That was, that's the way I was raised and it followed me. And then I realized that's not what I want to do to my wife and my children. And that was like in our first five years of marriage. And so I decided I would, when I felt the enemy coming over me to yell, I would just shut up. Uh, And that was my way of fighting the battle internally and not affecting them. And then it's funny how that can turn because my wife took it as I'm not good enough to talk to. I'm not good enough for him to talk to right now. So here I am trying to protect her from me (laughs) and the enemy is trying to use me as a weapon. And we had to talk about that because then I realized also just shutting down was also, it played on one of her wounds. Right. So, but I've noticed that in my past, especially it generally brought me quicker to anger, quicker to frustration. It brings um, some people quicker to tears and wanting to either fight or run. This is a place where I really think Jesus can be a hero in our lives because he is the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's his name. And so really asking to see the truth through Jesus's eyes in this situation, you feel like, man, if something's not right, something is not right. Jesus, show me the, the truth. And, and one of those small adjustments, like our friends, <laughs> the scarecrow, whatever. And Next the thing you know, you're, yeah. you got, you're on your way. Yeah, this is, uh, you got Dorothy, the scarecrow. This is Al's favorite movie, by the way. Oh um, my gosh, you are lying on the radio. <laughs> this he is, made this an agreement is, that he didn't like. He's a, oh, agreement. I agree. I agree with that agreement. <laughs> he made an agreement he's afraid of flying monkeys. This, That's this what is not that. just the flying monkeys, man. It's the witch with the green face. I'm saying. Okay. Well, good point. But this has a scarecrow. It has a cowardly lion. It has a tin man. And listen to the agreements that they're living under. And as they start to move towards freedom from those. What would you do with the brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'd unravel every riddle for any individual in trouble or in pain. With the thoughts you'd be thinking you could be another Lincoln if you only had a brain. All hollow. When a man's an empty kettle, he should be on his metal, and yet I'm torn apart. Just because I'm presuming that I could be kind of human if I only had a heart. I'd be tender, I'd be gentle, and awful sentimental. 
regarding love and art. I'd be friends with the sparrows and the boy who shoots the arrows if I only had a heart. Yeah, it's sad, believe me, Missy, when you're born to be a sissy without the feminine five. But I could show my prowess, be a lion, not a mouse, if I only had the nerve. I'm afraid there's no denying, I'm just a dandelion, a fate I don't deserve. I'd be brave as a blizzard. I'd be gentle as a lizard. I'd be clever as a gizzard. If the wizard is a wizard who will serve, then I'm sure to get a brain, a heart, a home, the knife. Al, the smile on your face is just precious. <laughs> I'll get you sad, man. You're a little dog, too. I was going to say something along the lines of someone, if someone had a brain, a heart, and some courage, they'd like the movie, but that would be really mean, and I don't want to do that because you do have all those. Anyway, back <laughs> back to back to the, the point that we were making on this is you got some well, people there. Let's slap our friends in the face and then change the subject. That's the way it's easier to do. Yeah, well, Al, let me ask you the question in this. Ask in this movie, isn't there signs of agreements there? Oh, yeah. I mean, even in a movie you don't like, and I know you don't like it, and, yeah. and that's fine, but you can clearly see the agreements that are made throughout that movie. Right. I can. Okay. And it, and it affects their identity. It does. And it affects where they're going, but it's interesting. The journey is somehow pointing them back to their identity and their desires. You know, the desire to have a brain, the desire, and, and that's part of how we know where to go for the truth. And, uh, it, it's a picture. It's one of the... GPS is in our brain on where the truth may be found is in our desires. And the big thing is it steals you of your joy mm-hmm. because here's a lion. He's supposed to be brave. He's the, the king of the jungle and he's afraid of a little dog. There's, yeah. there's a scarecrow who's supposed to scare, you know, and he's, you know, what is he really? He's straw. He's straw. You know, and what they find out along the way is they get to the end and the wizard really doesn't do anything. There's just a minor adjustment, and there's some freedom coming in their they life. They had it the whole time. And the scarecrow becomes outstanding in his field. That's right. He does. But um, bump. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's worse, the movie or that pun. I think, I think the pun. Anyway, we've been talking about these agreements, and what you want to do with those is you want to take them to God and say, God, open these agreements to me. Help me to see where they are. Help me to break those in my life. And remember, the knowledge of them, it does not equal healing. You can be aware of lots of things and how they made an impact on your life and not be healed from it. So don't be tricked by that. Go to MaskinJourneyRadio.org. Bye.